0: You're listening to the Boots About Business podcast. We share stories from military veterans that have transitioned to the world of business. On the show, you'll hear conversations with business leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs that all started their careers wearing boots in the service of the U.S. Armed Forces. This podcast is equal parts about sharing great stories, helping veterans, helping businesses, and fostering a greater understanding of the value veterans can bring to business. And welcome everybody to episode number 15 of the Boots About Business podcast. I am your host, Frank Strong, and here with us today is Elliot Marks. He started his career on active duty with the U.S. Army, serving in mechanized and airborne infantry units, later transitioned to the North Carolina National Guard. There, he largely served in recruiting before retiring a few years ago as a sergeant major. Today, he's an executive recruiter at Insight Software, That is a Raleigh-based technology company. And so he's got an interesting perspective that's going to be great for the show. Welcome to the show, Sergeant Major. Thank you, Frank. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So one of the uniting themes of the show is we all wore the uniform.
1: Why did you join the Army? You know, it's really interesting. I grew up in South Louisiana. It's a very local, very, um, very poor area. There's not very many opportunities. You know, you find yourself, if you have, if you did well at school or if you have the financial backing background, you can actually go to college if you prepare for it. The other options is to work in the, in the Gulf, in the all wells, all drilling. And then there's a the service, you know, and I just, my grandfather was a paratrooper during World War II, you know, and I really idolized him and I really, I loved him a lot. And I wanted to follow his footsteps. So I want, actually, before that, actually, I wanted to join the Marine Corps. But I was 17 years old and my mom wasn't having that. She had no part of that because she had to sign for me to 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 enlist. Uh, so we kind of negotiate really wanted the Air Force and that wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of uh kind of came into the middle, agreed to the middle and and um ended up joining the army. But of course it had to be in the airborne infantry is the only way I would do it.
0: Yeah. So what made you change from the Marine Corps to the Army there a year or so later?
1: Originally, it was a Marine that came into our high school, you know, and he was dressed, he was a gunnery sergeant dressed in that that, that, that uniform. And, you know, I just, it really, it really struck me as something really awesome. And I made contact with him. We talked, this is the days before cell phones, you know, everything was done by a landline. So we agreed and to, to start the process. And I told my mom, you know, that evening that he was coming over the next day to, you know, to start to sign the paperwork and for me to take the ASFAB and to take my physical. And she was not having that at all. She came from the years of the Vietnam War, you know, and that was still her images of the military. We had a couple of close friends who had served in Vietnam, one being a Marine who had served in Vietnam. So she um, secretly invited him over to the house, you know, to tell me about his, his time, his time in Booth Camp, his time in the Marine Corps in, v- in Vietnam. And it scared the crap out of me, honestly. Yeah. And I had no way of getting hold of the, uh, the recruit recruiter, the gunnery sergeant to tell him that, hey, you, I just know he used to come. And actually, he drove all the way, drove about 30, 40 miles to my house, you know. And I said, hey, you know, Gunny, there's just no, no reason for you to even take off your, your jacket. Um, this is not happening, you know. So, ended up in the Army.
0: Yeah. yeah. Scared the heck out of you. I'm sure that was the yeah. desired effect. Yeah. yeah. I started my career as an enlisted Marine, and I got a little gig for three or four months. You know, they love to bring you, when you graduate boot camp. They bring the boots back and give you three or four month duty at the recruiting station really to go help recruit okay, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your other buddies. And uh the recruiter was he was kind of new, and an E5. I, I don't, you know, I don't know that he was a very good recruiter per se, but he decided he's gonna put me on the phone and have me make phone calls and telephone canvas. And I can tell you mothers are the number one reason why we didn't <laughs> you know we didn't get to the the end person. They just as soon as they yeah. said I'm you know, Lance Corporal Strong from US Marines, click <laughs> end of story. Now, you decided to join. We talked a little bit before. You decided to join with the goal of going to Germany. So you joined the Army. You, you think you're going to Germany. How did that work out? You got a little story with that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'd seen the, you know, the Bill Murray and, and Dan Aykroyd were – I was huge fans of theirs. And the, the movie Stripes, that came out. And that's what I wanted to do. You know, I saw that. And they went to Germany. And I thought that would be really cool. So I remember telling my recruiter uh, – in fact, I was boarding the bus – to go to MEPS. And I said, Hey, what do I need to do to go to Germany? He says, That's no problem. Just tell the guidance counselor that's what you want and we can get that for you. And so I, under the impression, Hey, this is what's going to happen, you know, because I'm going to tell him, and it's going to make it so. So I get to, I take my physical and, and everything was working out well. And, you know, I finish up and I pass the physical and it's time to sign the paperwork. And I said, Hey, I want to go to Germany. And you see this pause and I still remember it like it was yesterday. I see this pause on his face. He says, Well, you know, we can do that. But the best way to do it is to join, sign up for a force force com assignment. And I said, I have no idea what this is, but that sounds good to me. So I signed the paperwork, you know, and on we go. Go to basic and AIT, graduate on graduation day. i never forget they have us lined up and, and uh, with our duffel bags and, you know, they are in formation. And as they call your name, they point you to a different line. to go stand in and there's buses waiting. So I, they call my name, and I go to this line, and I say, "Hey, this is the, <laughs> this is the bus that's going to take us to the airport for my first duty assignment in Germany because I would signed up for it." And um, as they were calling people, they're in different lines, and you know, this young guy comes up next to me, one of my other boot camp buddies, and uh, I say, "Hey, man, you know, you know, we're going to Germany, right?" And you see this look of terror on his face when I tell him that, and. He's like, well, I can't do this. I have a family. I have this. And you can just see his his eyes are starting to well up thinking that he's going to Germany for three years. And the entire, you know, after that, you know, we had about 10, 12 people lined up on that bus. And I had everyone believe that we're all going to Germany. Some excited, some really nervous, you know, and, you know, that's, hey, we're going to Germany. So we get on the bus and I said, okay, this is the bus that's headed to the airport to take us to Germany. Well, no, it wasn't. It was actually a bus that brought us around the other side of Fort Benning to Kelly Hill to my first duty assignment in the 197th Mechanized Infantry. (laughs) Basically, a glorified mechanic for three years.
0: Yeah, that's fun.
1: So, yeah, so that was not very pleasant. I actually, right before, so I decided, you know, my goal in the Army was to go to Germany. So, at that point, I ensured that I I did a reenlistment after three years. And um, I got my Germany assignment, and I got airborne school along the way. It was amazing. It really was. It was everything that it lived up to, Frank. It really was a great assignment, probably the best three years of my life. What unit in the uh,
0: in Germany? The eighty second.
1: No, I I was in the it was assigned to a side tour Lurs Long Range Surveillance Company yeah. in the southern part of Germany. Uh, the fifty first Infantry. Okay. And I spent three years in in Lurs, and then after three years, I ended up at Fort Bragg. Okay. Eighty uh, second eighty second Airborne.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: And then uh, definitely worth
0: talking about. I spent twenty some odd years in the Army National Guard. You transitioned from active duty to the guard. How did that go? Why did you do it? How, how did that all unfold?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So at that point, I had seven years of service. And it was at a pivotal point in my life. I'd actually met a young lady while I was stationed in Fort Bragg. Uh, she was actually going to the University of North Carolina. Her father was a retired sergeant major. And uh, she was actually visiting an old friend. She actually came back from Chapel Hill for the weekend. And they had went out. And I'd been out with my buddies. And uh, we met. And that we eventually got married. And at that point, I think it was time to reenlist. I believe is the way it was. And they had me on orders once again to go to Alaska for three years on an on unaccompanied a, on tour. And I just wasn't, you know, I was just newly married. Yeah. I said, this is not going to work. And they said, well, you have one of two choices. You can go to Alaska or you can stay at Fort Bragg. And I said, well, you forgot about the third choice that happened, and that's to get out of the Army. And at that point, I decided I was going to transition out.
0: Uh-huh. And you were what, about ten
1: years in at that point? Uh, seven seven years in the service. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that and, and kind of to answer your question about I knew that I wanted to continue my service. And I knew that either the Army Reserves or the National Guard would be the way to go. And of course, you know, the Army National Guard is really the the combat contingent of the, the of the reserves. You know, it is it's you know, it's where the combat arms are. Army reserves being mostly service support. Mm-hmm. Um and they happen to have an infantry unit in the National Guard in North Carolina. So I you know, I went to talk to the transition NCO and tried to get an assignment. You know, I wanted to get first off, but first and most important, I wanted to get as close to Chapel Hill in the area where I lived as possible, you know, a duty assignment as close as possible so I didn't have to try, travel too far for drill. Unfortunately, the units, the infantry units in, in the NorCal National Guard are located in the eastern part of the state, and it had been quite a commute. And they also did not have an E5 billet for me, so I had to take a ad- reduction in rank. So at that point, I decided what would be the most important thing for me to keep my rank and stay as close. So I ended up in a local signal unit. I knew nothing about signal. I had no idea what to do. I spent about I spent a short amount of time in that unit before I was transferred, and actually ended up in human resource. Believe it or not, and that's kind of started my career on towards towards recruiting. Uh
0: huh. And then you ended up going back active duty, right? Yes, in '95.
1: active guard reserve. Yeah. Yeah, so in 95, I wanted, I really wanted to go back on active duty. I wanted to get into the HR program. The only way to do it at that time in 95 was to through recruiting. It was completely closed, uh, other than the fact if you wanted to, because they were really increasing the number of recruiters at the time. So I applied. I knew nothing about recruiting. I was really, honestly, I was scared to death. I heard rumors of recruiters. I knew that my recruiter had really, uh, was not the most honest person to me, you know, so I was like, oh, okay, this is what I really want to do. But I said, I'll, I will just take a leap of faith. And sometimes you just have to do that. And I ended up back in active duty. Luckily, I was able to recruit near where I mm-hmm. lived. So which made it very, very easy for me. So my wife and I didn't have to relocate. And so that started 1995, started my career. And I spent uh, about 11 years as a, as a field recruiter for the National Guard. Yeah, very cool. I don't think a lot of the active duty always realizes that there
0: are opportunities in the Guard. There's a whole bunch of different jobs that you can do. There's different opportunities, including some active duty opportunities. And you can really do a lot of things there. It's definitely an option worth worth looking at. When you look back, so you retired 30 some odd years in service. You retired as a sergeant major. Looking back across your career, what was your worst day in uniform?
1: You know, I would say probably the worst day, honestly, one of the worst days of, of my career. I had an assignment um, as a casualty assistance officer. Uh, we had a one of our soldiers that had actually taken her life, and I, had, ironically, I just finished the course, so I had got assignment, and it was a very difficult assignment. Mm-hmm. And having to work that and navigate that system, you know, just transitioning with the family, working through the funeral, and working with the benefits, and and it was a really difficult case because uh, not to get a lot into the details of it, but it was a two family household. And it was actually, the, I was a casualty assistance officer for the soldier's son, who was a minor, who was living with the father. And it was a pretty nasty divorce, you know, yeah, which made it a lot more difficult. And I think what made it really difficult was, you know, there's a lot of resources and a lot of support for the family, which it should be. But at the end of the day, once you're done with the assignment, you know, they just patch you in the back and say, hey, go, you know, now, you know, go back and do your job again. And it really took a lot out of me in that three, four months assignment, you know, you put everything else aside and you do this. So it was really tough. It really was. That's probably the worst time in my career. It was very rewarding. I mean, I really did everything I could for the family. I mean, I just, it was 24 seven, but at the end of the day, it was really difficult.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately I knew I retired four years ago and it felt like every other training period, you were in another suicide prevention, suicide awareness class, and it got it felt like a little bit much, but it is a real problem. We're losing an awful lot of veterans to suicide, and it's got to be it's a it's a preventable problem.
1: It is. It really is. It continues to be a, a really a huge problem.
0: Yeah. So on a you know kind of flipping that around, I, I always like to ask that question. We get all kinds of answers across the board. Some are very personal. Some are very intense. You know, including a couple of couple of folks that really got banged up. You know, downrange. But the flip side of that is
1: there's a lot of good days in service. What was your best day? I would say probably the best day would be probably the day that I made sergeant major. You know, it was really kind of unexpected. Um, I'd actually planned on retiring as an as an E8. I was a recruiting section chief in charge of a, you know, a team of recruiters in the central region of North Carolina. And I said, you know, it's been a great career. I'm ready to to hang out the boots and, you know, look at the next chapter of my life. And then as I'm preparing for that, you know, just kind of getting you know, not only emotionally prepared, but, you know, physically, you know, just making sure finances and everything make sure we had enough to to be able to do this. I was notified that I was number one on the promotion list. And then right maybe two, three days later, I notified that I was next in line for promotion. There was actually a vacancy and that I would be promoted to our major. Yeah. So I think that the day that I made that, it was really something that I never expected. I'm very happy I did it. You know, it really it, it really kind of rounded out my career. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, congratulations. I mean, that is a capstone position. There's obviously a lot of hard work that goes into that. I got to tease you a little bit, though. They say that every sergeant major gets a pet peeve when they go to the
1: sergeant majors academy. What was yours? Well, it's not the grass. It's not keeping off the grass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't really say that I've ever had a pet peeve. In a lot of ways, I was very stern uh-huh. when it came you know, to production because it really is, you know, far as recruited production. You know, I always believed in leading from the front. You know, but um, I never really said I had any pet peeves.
0: All right, we'll let that one go. <laughs> I won't hold you to it. But today, you're still in recruiting, so you've really transitioned. Maybe you know, some might argue parlayed some of the skills you learned as an army recruiter, or recruiter for the National Guard,
1: into the business world. How did that transition unfold? I decided. as I thought, made my transition out I you know took a look and okay what do I want to do you know what do I enjoy the most I was fortunate enough to be able to save and, you know we had a great retirement you know we had prepared really well for retirement so I don't have to work you know so that pressure was off of me. I did try to take a few months off <laughs> once I retired and you know I had a list of stuff to do and after about 30 days and it was done I was driving my wife crazy. I was like, you know, I really need to go back to work. And I decided, so what is it that I enjoy doing? And I've always really enjoyed recruiting. I've always had a passion for it. I've really enjoyed. it. I really love the interaction. I love being able to, you know, see people enlist, watch them raise their right hand, and see the pride they have, and you know, with their family and the and the young young man or woman that you know that enlist. And I wanted, I would just, I wanted to see what that would what that would be like working as a recruit in the civilian sector, you know. And I've had several iterations of Elliot as I've navigated the civilian sector, but it's been very enjoyable. Mm-hmm.
0: And that, that really gets us to the point of the podcast I want to ask you about, given your combined experience recruiting in uniform and recruiting for businesses, it, that is, what advice do you have for veterans in, in making a transition? What do they need to think about when they're pondering a move out of the service?
1: I think the first thing they need to do is they need to have a plan. You, know, you need to make a plan of what you're going to do. I've always said it's a, people who, who, who fail, they just, they plan to fail. They fail to plan, you know, and, and they just don't know what to do. So to have a plan, you know, just kind of make it. You know, if you're going to change, you know, it's going to change and that's okay, but just make a plan. You know, set goals. You know, once you get out and stick to them, whether it's, you know, going pursuing an education, you know, certifications. Or if, you, if you're looking, if you always want to work for a particular company, you know, just set those goals, you know, and, and have a 30, 60, 90 day plan. Have an idea what you're going to be doing in a year from now. And, you know, and just kind of reevaluate that that every, every so often. I think that as you get out, one of the things that you need to do, you know, if you're going to work in the civilian sector, you know, the most important thing to do is you need to connect with some type of veterans transition organization. There's some great companies out there, like one that I support, uh, Hire Heroes USA, our veterans transition support, military transition, Wounded Warrior, American Legion. You know, even Iraq and Afghanistan, Veterans of America connect with these folks. These are, this, it'll be a great network. Places like Hire Hero USA, they will they will help you to transition. Now, not only that, but they help your spouse as well. And they'll do stuff like resume writing, interview training, workshops, coaching. They will help you to, you know, to translate your your skill set that you learned in all these great years of the military. They'll help you translate like that and really put it into formats and it's easy to understand and readable, you know. You know, for a hiring manager, mm-hmm. and they do a great job. And they have a network of employers that support them, and they partner with that will help you with that transition. But you've got to connect with one of these one of these organizations. They'll help you, like I mentioned. They'll help you build a resume. So you really have to have a solid resume as you apply for roles. You know, have a master resume. It's not one resume that fits all all jobs. So make sure that you have a resume that really matches this, the job description of the job that you're applying for take time to read it and understand it make sure that you have keywords in your in your resume that match and align with the job description you know one of the things that we also do is just you know when you when you're applying for roles and you're, you're transitioning, understand compensation know what the compensation rate is you know and be realistic you know I've seen veterans that have either been way way too high and really remove themselves from from consideration are they really get lowballed, you know? And then within six months, you know, they realize that they're really grossly underpaid, you know, and they transition out or, you know, something happens and they just, they're unsatisfied. But that is really important as well. You know, as you're looking for roles and you're looking for that job, that great job, attend as many career fairs as you can. There's some military specific jobs like uh, Recruit Military that really focus on companies that support the military and are looking for veterans and then there's some companies that have military recruiters so just seek those folks out the most important thing that you can do is is to get into linkedin and build a solid linkedin profile use your linkedin network to you know find jobs connect with veterans and within within companies you know connect with them and try to have a conversation with them and find out what it took for them to get into that company mm-hmm. they may even be able to provide you with a referral i mean that is you know i've seen you know throughout my my years that is probably one of the strongest source of re- of employees that we hire is through, through the referral program. Yeah, sure. It is. It really is. As I think about some of the other stuff that you have to do when you apply, make sure that you use a veteran's preference. You know, there's a lot of companies that actually, that will have preference towards veterans interviewing. That's the biggest one as I see, as I see veterans that are, that's where they probably struggle the most. When you, when you're, when you're interviewing, make sure that you learn as much about a company as you can.
0: And some of these organizations that you referenced earlier as places to get help, they, they do like mock interviews and that sort of thing. You can get some practice doing that, right? Exactly. And, and, and that's
1: what it is. It's that these mock interviews will really help you out.
0: And those organizations too, I was just thinking you were like, Hey, you know, one of your first tips is like, have a plan. And man, I bump into seeing young people coming off active duty for eight years and they're like, what are you going to do? I have no idea. Are those organizations Do they have people there that you can talk to to just kind of brainstorm and get an idea, get a sense for what's out there and what matches up with your interests.
1: Yeah, they're going to be the uh, the serviceman's advocate and they're going to do that. They're going to help them to uh, just kind of help, help them navigate, you know, that transition. And what I love about it is a lot of them actually work with the spouse as well.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something to bring along. It makes everything run smoother for sure. You know, I got to think too, just a plug for folks. I get contacts on LinkedIn, people asking for advice. I almost always take, a connection from a veteran, and happy to entertain a conversation. I can have a 15, 20-minute conversation with someone and help them brainstorm. I think that's pretty cool, happy to do it. And and like you said, most other veterans will too, so folks should think about that if you've got no idea what you want to do. One of the things you mentioned was just transferable skills, and I know this came up in our pre-chat. What are some suggestions you have for helping service members figure out what skills are transferable, and and how can they really – describe what they did in uniform in a way that's useful or makes sense for a a potential civilian employer?
1: It's probably one of the most difficult things for veterans to do is to transfer or just be able to articulate their skill set that they learn. As service members, we have such great intangible benefits that, you know, we're quick learners. You know, we're loyal. We perform well under pressure. You know, we have a sense of integrity selflessness, teamwork, you know, all these things, resiliency. And it's hard to translate that into, you know, into words or articulate that onto a, onto a resume.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but you have to take, you know, take your time and just look, you know, kind of break down the tasks that you did and your responsibilities and look at a job description, you know, and be able to transfer that in, in civilian terms, you know, in terms that they would understand. Yeah. I think one of the biggest assets, one of the biggest tangible benefits to hiring a veteran is that they're quick learners. You know, they're they're able to learn and adapt because you spend your entire career learning, changing and adapting to new environments. And that's what's something we can bring to to an organization. Mm -hmm. Let me
0: ask some of the flip side of that, too. You know, you had some organizations. I will definitely put links to some of them in the show notes. But what's the flip side of that? We talked about what veterans should think about when making a
1: transition. What are some common mistakes that they make
0: in a transition?
1: I think some of the mistakes that they make is that first off is that they don't save enough money to make that transition, you know, and they find themselves. next thing you know, and and there's nothing wrong with it, you know, having to work for you know minimum wage, you know when they can have done a lot better for themselves. I mentioned it earlier, Frank, they leave without a plan or they leave the service that they, they decide last minute they're going to get out. you know, of course, that leads to not having a plan, of course. And part of that also is that you know as they're making this transition and they're you know even if they don't go, let's say, for example, they don't use one of them, the, the service organizations out there is that they use a lot of military jargon and, and then they don't understand that, you know, so, you know, like I, and I've seen this, you know, I, as I've looked at resumes, you know, I see that the, I see words on this, like CONUS, you know, continental U.S. They don't understand that JSOC, you know, TDY, you know, ETS, you know, NCIC, OIC, you know, and that's on their resume. And they really don't understand that, you know, use the words like manager, use the words like supervisor. It really helps out a lot for them to understand that. Wait a second. Here's a solid leader that I could hire. You know, let's, let's not consider this person for an actual individual contributor. Look at all this leadership experience they have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Give us some inside perspective. It's a lot of times when you're, you're looking at jobs and applying for jobs, it's kind of a, a big black hole. You fill out a bunch of forms, put together a resume, you hit submit, and then you don't hear anything out back or you might get an automated email. Thank you very much. We'll be in touch. What's what's from the insider perspective? Where do businesses get
1: hung up in hiring veterans? I think that a lot of organizations, a lot of companies out there, they get hung up on skill sets and years of experience. And I see it a lot of times. You know, my hiring managers uh, will come up to me and I need someone with five years of C. I need at least a bachelor's degree and I need this skill set instead of looking at the intangibles, you know, looking at some of the other, you know, coachability. They don't look at that. There's no way of actually gauging coachability. You know, it's easy for our hiring manager. It's quantifiable. You know, do they have it? Do they have the three years of experience in in a particular skill set? And I think that they really get hung up on that instead of just looking, you know, because I'm. I'm the first person to make contact with the candidates. And when I talk to them, I can, within, honestly, Frank, within, within the first five minutes or even less of the conversation, I know whether or not that this would be a good person. It's up to me, you know, to build that relationship with the hiring managers that trust me, you know, to say, Hey, look, you really need to talk to this person. They may not have these years of experience necessary, but I think they're coachable. I had the situation yesterday with with a particular position. They were looking for, you know, we call it the, uh, the unicorn, the, the pink, golden unicorn or something, just they wanted a particular skill set that doesn't exist. And uh so I met with him and we discussed this this position and job description and, and what the requirements. And I shared my screen with him and I said, hey, look, here's LinkedIn. This is what we have. <laughs> this does not exist. Hmm. And you know he's well I really think I said and I asked him I said can you teach them? You know, is this a learnable skill? And he stopped for a second. He says, yes. Can you bring me someone that would be, how about I bring you someone who's a quick learner? You know, and it's obvious by their career progression that they are easy learners, you know, because they've progressed, you know, every two to three years, they've moved up quickly. You know, that's my advice.
0: Yeah. Is there wrapped in your advice, some insight for veterans? Are there ways to surface or use those words in their resumes and cover letters to say, look, I am coachable. I am trainable. I have got enthusiasm. How can veterans address that? That area where businesses get hung up.
1: I think some of the some of the things that you can do on your resume is to to show like success, show success on your resume where you have actually you've led a team, you know, which you know led to a, an increase in productivity. That's the stuff that they want to see on the resume. What have you done as a result of? I did this as a result of this. This was the outcome.
0: That's mm-hmm.
1: uh, sage advice. We're getting to the end
0: here. Let's do uh, a couple of the easy questions to wrap this up. You mentioned that you volunteer a little bit with Hire for Heroes. Who are they? What do they do? How does a veteran go about asking them for
1: help? Yes, it's uh, the organization is Hire Heroes USA. And, and as I said earlier, they provide support in terms of just, you know, resume writing, counseling, workshops, even then, you know, the actual, they will help you to navigate the, the employment in terms of just, you know, helping you find opportunities. What I do with them is I like you said earlier, I never, never, ever will ever miss an opportunity to connect with a veteran and help them to with the transition, share my experience with them. So normally what I am doing is I'm actually I'll do mock interviews. Mm-hmm. I have a different perspective as being a recruiter working for, you know, working in human resource. So I can give them, you know, additional perspective on it, you know, and just give them that real, you know, give them that reality check, you know, hey, this is what you're going to expect, you know, this is what you need to prepare for. Yeah. And my advice also is never give up, you know, as you interview and you go through the process, ask for feedback at the end of the interview, you know, and just make sure that you do what you can to improve some of the things you're not going to be able to, maybe a certain skill set that you don't have. Can I share it with you one? One experience when I decided that I was, after I retired, I decided that what I wanted to do was I wanted to get into recruiting and talent acquisition. One of my former colleagues, a former sergeant major, had given me a, and referred me to a company which his girlfriend was one of the leaders of the company for as a talent acquisition manager. And I knew nothing about it, honestly, for, I, I knew how to recruit. And I will tell you that I—it is probably the, the biggest lesson I've ever learned in life. When I went in there and just totally bombed the interview, I didn't prepare myself. I really didn't look at the job description well. I just went under the understanding, of, well, wait a second—you know, my buddy referred me, and so I'm, I'm definitely a shoe in—and that wasn't the case. And it just, it could not have gone any worse, you know, in terms of the feedback, you know, I had a lot of energy and a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. But at the end of the day, that's not going to get you the job.
0: Yeah. You know, and yeah. I
1: asked for feedback and then tell me what can I, I'm okay with the fact that I didn't get the job. Please tell me what I did wrong, you know, or tell me how can I improve, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't yeah. do this again. You know, and I made it a point, you know, I said, okay, I'm, I'm determined this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to take small steps. Not afraid to go into, you know, and, and work as, you know, an individual contributor, you know, and maybe eventually get into a leadership role. But just understanding is that, you know, you got to get better. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's that's got to
0: be a, a humbling experience. You give it you came out of the service. You've got all this experience under your belt. You got a referral and you walked in and kind of got a dose of reality to, to borrow your word. The point being, it can happen to anybody. If it could happen to you, it happened to anybody. Mm-hmm. All right, we're getting towards the end here. Is there anything else that you you thought you wanted to add to this interview?
1: No, I really, I I appreciate the time. It's been really enjoyable. Please, at any time, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. Yep, Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to have a conversation with you. I'm not much on Twitter, (laughs) but I am on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and I'll be happy to to have a conversation. Yeah, we'll
0: put a link in the show notes on the bootsaboutbusiness.com website to your LinkedIn profile and also to your company. And if you guys got a careers page, I'll go pick that out and put a link in there. Uh, Sergeant Major, thank you so much for your service. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your experience. It's been great talking to you. And I think your words really helped some of the folks in uniform trying to make a transition. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Boots About Business podcast. Please know you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you catch your podcast. And while you are there, won't you leave us a nice review? It'll help the show and in turn help other veterans. Finally, if you know someone that's a veteran in business or is an entrepreneur with a story to share, hit us up using the contact form on the show's website. That's bootsaboutbusiness.com. That's all one word, bootsaboutbusiness.com. Until next time, I am your host, Frank Strong, out here.